Hey, welcome to the City Rev Life podcast. My name is Roby. This is Rebecca. And we are in a series about Encanto. Yep. We we're talking about the movie Encanto and looking at it from a couple different perspectives. And in this episode, we're talking about the family dynamics in that that are displayed in Encanto, what we can learn about them and kind of just booting off of that movie. What does that mean and how does it make us think differently about our family dynamics? What can we learn? And uh, some really interesting things in here and specifically the powers, mm -hmm. you know, they didn't give like traditional powers like one person's got a, can fly, one person's invisibility, <laughs> but they gave powers that <laughs> are remind us of particular mm, people yes. maybe in a family system yep, right yep so like there's one like there's a there's a scapegoat in maribel mm -hmm. you, we talked about that in a previous episode mm -hmm. there's the black sheep in bruno mm, right mm, yep um there's the person that can change the shapeshift it can oh. shape shift. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. And, um, but there's someone that can change the temperature of the room uh -huh. simply yeah. by what mood they're in. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, uh, there's a person that takes so much of the strength on themselves. Yeah. Yep. There's the person that is, uh, kind of feeds the whole family and that food, you know, uh, yeah, is yeah, kind yeah. of brings the family together right, and there's right. healing. And healing with that. Right. Yeah. The perfectionist that, that, you know, that perfectionist personality, wanting everything to be just so. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of viewed as the one that got all the good grades or was the best athlete yeah. or whatever. And, yeah, and perfect so, hair. And the perfect hair. <laughs> you know, well, there's one in every family. Um, anyway, but um, specifically the the big kind of um, question that in some ways is left unanswered is uh, Maribel's. Yeah. Uh, what is her power? Right. And the opening song keeps asking, what's your power? What's your power? What about Maribel? What about Maribel? Uh, Maribel. And, and keeps asking that question and they never totally answer that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's provocative because there is something that she gives back right. to the whole family. Right. Well, I mean, the they they make the case that she never got one that's right. that's that's the underlying thing with maribel no she didn't get one and that's what she, that's what she's known for yeah. and so um so but i think the movie really sets up that she she did get a, an amazing gift and at the end the abuela kind of says you know you know they gave they give they gave me you i was praying for help asking pedro for help and he gifted me you and so there is a really special power that she brings but it's just not as um, celebrated or isn't in, yeah. as, as miraculous, maybe. Yeah, miraculous maybe. And, and I think what is interesting is she actually is leveraging a real life power yeah. that many of our families need. And that if we kind of push into this a little bit, it may be a power you can unleash in your family dynamics mm. that can bring, uh, that can bring real healing to your family, maybe your nuclear family or extended family. Um, and even something that can maybe be trained into children. And so, um, uh, but let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So it's it's you bring up a good point. The role of storytelling is essentially kind of what um, she ends up doing because she goes to every member of her family and she kind of makes amends with some of them. But here's their story. Right. She really hears her story and gets it out of them and understands and is that safe person listening ear. And you could argue because she doesn't have a power, she doesn't have anything to lose. And so in therapeutically there's a lot out there in research that really affirms the power of a story and helping what we what I call as our little T traumas. You know, there's big T traumas, which is the um, 
ideas of, you know, being a post-traumatic stress disorder, kind of like in war or a natural disaster. We consider those to be Mm -hmm. like our big T traumas. And there's lots out there to aid people who've been through such traumatic events. Um, But for many of our listeners and for us, you know, we haven't necessarily gone through those type of big T traumas, but there are little T traumas. There's the things in our past or our family history or a, a loss at a young age that we've had to endure. And not to minimize and say that that's less significant than someone who's weathered war or a natural disaster, but those little T traumas are a lot more Mm. relationship-based as opposed to like a disaster. Yeah, and sometimes we overlook them. We're like, oh, well, it's not like, you know, I... You know, I lost a limb when I was little, you know, right. but and so sometimes we don't realize the effect that those right. those what we would think are smaller things uh, have on us. Right. But they are. They're a big deal. And so the the Dr. Henry Cloud really um, coined this well for me. And he talks about the power of the other. And um, we see this play out with Maribel and her abuela, um, really Maribel and all, a lot of the characters. But um at the end, when um, we see their, the dance between the two kind of unfold, we see how the power of the others um, really starts to empower each other's stories. So um, Dr. Henry Cloud talks about how when you share a story, you are essentially rewiring not only your brain, but the listener's brain. Hmm. You rewire each other's brains for for one another. And telling a traumatic story, it's it's kind of like bringing a file out of the filing cabinet, kind of brushing it off, rereading it, and then restoring it again. Mm. And why is that important? Because a lot of times our traumatic memories are in the back part of our brain, our unconscious part of our brain. And so our brains are constantly fielding information, taking in cues about our environment all the time that we're not even aware Mm. of. We just are regularly just doing it in the back part of our brain, the unconscious part, as well as the front part are constantly taking inventory of lots of different cues uh, simultaneously without us even realizing it. So a lot of times when we've got a memory Mm. that needs to kind of be um, told and shared and almost restored, the process of storytelling helps us doing that. So in um, like post-traumatic stress disordered clients, um, a lot of times they will see a therapist because they have something called like reoccurring nightmares. Mm. And the psychology of, of what's happening on a much simpler scale if i can just summarize it quickly it's it's like your memories that you've had that are in the unconscious part of your brain are trying to get refiled and every time they're trying to get refiled they're going into the front part of your brain looking for analysis and what's happening is the front part of your brain is your conscious part so eventually you wake up a lot of times in the middle of the night with these traumatic events replaying in your brain. Well, that's your brain trying to refile and refile and refile what's so traumatic into something that feels less traumatic so that it's been, when it's remembered, it doesn't have the same emotion and the same paralysis that it might have on you mm. on any given day. So similar to that, when you share a story of a traumatic event, like we see with Abuela, she is refiling it kind of. And she you see Maribel's face kind of take inventory of those cues and and understanding and seeing wow this is a big deal to Mm -hmm. to grandma's um story it's a it's a it's um it's really traumatic and she she kind of affirms that in the end she says i understand now i see right and that's a big deal so the cool thing what's happening on a um kind of face-to-face level is 
there's kind of two conversations that are happening simultaneously when we share our stories with another person. One is the, just the verbal communication, um, the questions that provoke curiosity, um, the actual putting language, using your left side of your brain to put language to the right side of your brain, memories and emotion, and that helps organize mm -hmm. our experiences. Um, but And that also can't be accomplished by reading a text or even listening to a text. It has to be like a verbal communication, mm -hmm. so a back and forth. Um, but there's other another conversation that's happening on a brain level. Um, your nonverbals can provide just an unspoken validation or an unspoken empathy, empathy, and you see that playing out a little bit with Maribel and her abuela, um, just watching the story unfold and seeing that. And in doing so, they both are creating a new neural mm -hmm. pathway, a new way of looking at an event or a memory through a completely different lens and so if you've ever had an experience where you've had something traumatic happen but over time if you've worked through it you can recall that memory without the same negative emotions mm. anymore and you kind of get the sense at the end of the movie that they put their family back together and they're able to build on what they say a new foundation sure. it isn't perfect and neither are we but they're building on that new foundation yeah and, and what's interesting is that the healing <clears throat> for the abuela and also for the family it really boils down to that moment is is this series and really it's kind of building it starts with uh, Maribel and is it Luisa is she the strong one yeah. right so Maribel and Luisa and they, and they hug it out you know yeah <laughs> and then they have that she has that moment with her uh Isabel her her uh, other sister who's the perfect one and then they hug it out as well and then with Abuela and once again really the healing pattern is Maribel sits with each one of them, mm -hmm. hears their story, lets them share vulnerably, and each one of them ultimately to this culminating moment where there's a trauma that um, was what started kind of the this whole family uh, system and hearing that out. And it's really for the abuela, just someone hearing her story and then showing just kind of some affirming, validating, empathetic statements it's kind of that's the healing for right. that family right absolutely and so it's it's cool to see in a very fun way that the movie shows and portrays yeah. the power of sharing your story yeah so it's it's neat to see the research catching up and 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 affirming what um what we can see playing out in healthy relationships yeah and it's it honestly it's instructive and this is a great thing um and not necessarily a bad thing to i think a good thing to highlight to if you're watching it with your family with your kids highlight it with your kids oh look they shared openly they shared yeah. vulnerably and and show them that dynamic um, but I think that's a really good takeaway yeah. as far as understanding family dynamics. One of the most powerful things we can do within our families and starting with the most nuclear within marriages, uh, then with our children, then working out with siblings and, and other family members. One of the most powerful things we can do is to listen. That is uh, we we so often in our culture see listening as just some, uh, either something I have to do to be polite, mm -hmm. or it's something I do waiting for my opportunity to get in and fix the problem. Well, listening really well and really thoroughly and, and listening in a way that can validate and empathize on the other end, sometimes that is the fix. Like mm -hmm. sometimes that is the healing that's needed. It's not right. the 10 step process that I'm coming up with in my mind while the other person's talking. It's right. just the power of listening 
and um, can be such a powerful agent uh, uh, within that family that family structure. And Encanto shows that in, in such a beautiful way. Right. And I think too, as being a listener, you know, especially if you've been, um, you know, Maribel is kind of a victim a little bit of the abuela's story kind of working, fleshing its way out. And we don't, you don't see them going back and forth. You see her just genuinely listening. And I think as believers, we, we need to take a page out of Christ's story mm-hmm. to be able to get into that position of listening vulnerably and honestly, even if we're a part of that person's story. Because a lot right. of times in families, we are. <laughs> right. You know, we're not independent of our families. We're a lot of times involved in the storyline. Um, and so, but to be able to take a position of just listening, even if it plays out with me in it, um, I think we have to borrow a page of of the gospel and being able to just sit and listen and say, I know how the story will end because mm. God ends through Christ brings resurrection and healing to all things. Right. And so in that moment, I can sit and listen to maybe the traumatic, the uncomfortable. We don't really like to sit in that, mm. but by, by really making the gospel our first and foremost story, we can sit in those moments and not feel the need to put in our input and our agenda. Yeah. And Maribel, to your point, uh, Maribel, she goes to these, the, each of these characters and especially Isabel, the perfect sister and the abuela, they both have hurt Maribel, Mm -hmm. but she has to absorb that in the moment to be able to empathize and be vulnerable with them. And um, hopefully she later on the story that we didn't see (laughs) in the movie got her chance to honestly express herself back to them. But there is something powerful where those wounds get put on the shelf to be able to enter into someone else's story. And it ta- that's that's a self-sacrificing right. um, position. And so I think the takeaway is, is remembering the power of listening. And, and let's just start very small. Um, in marriage, it's one of maybe the most important tools we have with each other is just being a witness to each other's lives, to just listen, to just share and be a partner with the victories, with the losses, with the pains, with the traumas, some of which we've caused on each other. And so being willing to listen, to take lots of time to just listen and having that dimension within marriage, getting good at listening um, within marriage is so critical for the family dynamic. A lot of times uh, communication in marriage can just get whittled down to, you know, where the kids need to be and what homework needs to be done, but sitting down and spending time listening and sharing in that. With kids, um, sometimes the things that they're talking about, they seem so inconsequential, Mm -hmm. right? It's, Mm -hmm. It's a, a story that um, takes about four times too long to tell about what happened on the playground that, you know, you weren't really interested in the beginning to, to begin with. But that's but stopping and realizing, hey, this is a very significant thing. And I want to build a culture within the right. family that my kids know that they that if this is important to them, they can come share it with me. Because if I don't build that early, that that culture of listening early, then one day there's going to be something I do want them to talk to me about, but they've got no history of me Mm. listening. And so really listening to those things, that silly moment on the playground that may not seem like a big deal, that might be a small trauma that they, that needs to be listened to and worked through. Extended family, you know, a a sibling, uh, an uh, an aunt, uncle, a parent, depending on your, your family, employing, deploying that, that gift. Yeah. 
that could be a miraculous healing agent mm. that God could use in your family of listening to each other's stories and applying empathy and validation. It could be something that's very powerful within yeah, our families. It is. It's, it truly is a, a miraculous work when we can transform and rewire each other's brains through the simple act of just entering into each other's stories and listening. It's it's a beautiful power. It, it doesn't. It needs its own song, I think. Yes. And in, <laughs> in just a moment, we're going to break out into no, our own not. song, but oh, look, we're out of time. Okay, so we can't. Uh, you'll have to join us no, another time for that. Anyway, we've got, uh, we hope you've, you're enjoying our series on in uh, Kanto, and thank you for joining us on this episode. We will see you next time. Thank you for joining us on City Rev Life. You can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review wherever you're listening to this. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. For more videos and content, go ahead and check us out at cityrev.org podcast or download our City Rev Church app. Have a great day.